Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. This is Mark Joseph Bennett, and I'm melting. It's very humid, very humid here, and it's a sad day, guys. Not really. It's not really sad, but it. This is why I'm. I'm just want to bring it up. Why am I sad? I should tell you uh, what I may or may not be sad about. Srini, Srini, my neighbor, whose name I found out. Two weeks ago, he's leaving. I've lived beside him for over six years. Now I know his name is Srini. And it's not like it. I met him two weeks ago. I just didn't know his name. And after a certain amount of time passes, you can't bring it up. He's got an accent, so he may have said his name to me. Um, but I wasn't exactly sure at the time. So now, so I just left it, right? I just... But he always called me Mark. Hey, Mark, how are you? And I was like, oh, hey, you, buddy. Hi, fella. How are you, my man? But it's Srini now. And let me tell you something. I couldn't use it more. Now every time I see him, I'm like, Srini, Srini, Srini. So, Srini, it was a bit warm outside, eh, Srini? Was it warm? Did you find it warm, Srini? I did, Srini. Anyway, have a Srini day. But he's leaving. Uh, not just him. He's not just leaving his family next to us. He's taking, taking them all. Taking his whole clan. His wife and their two kids. And I don't know. I don't like change, I guess. I just don't like change. You know, who knows who's going to move next to us? Srini was a nice guy. Sure, they burned a fuck ton of incense. Like a fuck ton. My, I used to cough... Like something fierce. I don't I don't think I'm allergic to to anything, you know, in the environment that way. I have a little bit of hay fever. But I don't know what was in the incense that they were because I've smelled incense before. It doesn't make me go into a coughing fit. Anyway, I'm gonna miss it. I bet I'll even miss the crazy amount of incense that wafted into our apartment. And you don't know what what's gonna move next door? Could be a, a meth head. What if there's a meth head? You know? Or worse, some hot chick trying to ruin my family? Showing up with her boobs? And we're like, oh, hey, can I borrow a cup of sugar? Yeah, I make my thongs out of sugar. So if I could just come over and maybe make one of my sugar thongs, maybe try one on, model one on for you. Is that, oh, well, your, your wife and your child aren't home? No, they don't plan to be home for the next couple of days. Oh, okay. Because I was just wondering, maybe I could sleep over. No! No, sugar thong! Don't come moving next door to me. See if we can get some meth heads in here. That's why I'm, I'm, at this point, I'm afraid of, uh, of hot women. You know? She's like, well, Mark, you should, maybe you should believe more in yourself and your family values. Oh, I do. Okay, but I know science. I know science. I'm like Tom Cruise. I know the history of medicine and science. He said that one time, I think, to Matt Lauer. Or I think it was the, the history of psychology, something like that. Anyway, Matt Lauer's like, hey, uh, Tom, why are you uh, so fucking crazy? And he's like, I know the history of psychiatry, Matt. Okay, you don't. And you know what? Everybody got mad at Tom Cruise for that. Maybe he does know the fucking history of psychiatry. And Matt Lauer, he rightly accused of not knowing. 
Because Matt Lauer's like, no, I don't. No, no, you're goddamn right you don't. But Tom Cruise knows. And maybe he does look at the man. He's like he's 85 and he looks like he's 20. Somehow, like when I was a young man, I used to watch Tom Cruise. And now I am older than him. I don't know how it happened, but I am older than Tom Cruise. He could be my son. But the history of science, ladies and gentlemen, science says that men, when they're all horned up, they start making bad decisions. And because it's something about they don't, some people call it the lizard brain. I don't fucking know. But anyway, what it is is Dan Arilly. Look up Dan Arilly. If you don't know who that is, he's some. He's, he's a uh, behavioral uh, economist is his field of study. And basically, he does all these studies about... Uh, the behavior of human beings. And he wrote a book called Predictably Irrational, which is like a New York Times bestseller, pointing out how you can predict that human beings will make irrational decisions. And one of those is when a, when a man gets all horned up, when he gets all jazzed about the lady parts, you know, or maybe some men parts. I would just, a guy who gets, who gets randy will make decisions that basically don't consider consequences. It's not, it's not that he, is, want, he thinks to himself, oh, well, listen, maybe I won't get caught. Maybe my wife won't find out and I'll get to have this awesome sugar thong. But no, it's, it's that he doesn't consider his wife. Like his wife and his child don't enter his mind. The consequences, it's, it's like they're put aside because uh, his... His penis, the technical term, the scientific term for the male schlong is a penis. And the penis will say to you, hey, we need to go over there. And it will stop at very little to get there. So what you have to do is not put yourself in these situations. That's how you become a loyal husband is you, you simply don't get yourself in a situation where your brain can turn on you. Because it can turn on you. Like gambling, you know? People are like, oh, I lost everything. Those people didn't want to lose everything. It's not like they were making those. But the dopamine in the fucking brain, it's just, it's, it's, it's firing off. And the people, they need to keep playing. And then the more they lose, the worse it gets. And that's another thing Dana really studied in predictably irrational is that the idea of uh of gambling and it's it fires off the same shit in your brain as cocaine's and and and, and not just gambling money in general that's why they say someone should handle your finances if you're if you're investing even if you are a good investor you should just tell people tell somebody to manage your money hey this is what i'd like to invest in you do that for me please like you should never handle your own investments because your brain can't function that way just like when miss april at the playboy mansion is saying hey why don't we just stay for one drink what's the big deal you you're you're a family man nothing's gonna happen oh yes it will happen so you get your ass out of there you get out of that grotto you tell q you will see him on the golf course tomorrow without any of those ladies i'll tell you how bad it is for men i'll use myself in the, as an example because i'm not afraid I'm not afraid. You got to admit you're a human and you have faults 
and and you and you it just listen. Okay, here's 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 what happened. Um, I had the Toyota Prius recording studio. It was in the shop, just doing some regular maintenance. You know, just some some tire chains or some shit like that. You know, this this is one reliable fucking car. I didn't bring it in because it was all broken down. All right, I brought it in to just do some regular maintenance, and um. Then I went back home because they said, hey, this is going to take a few hours. Do you want to wait? And no, I just took the subway back home because we live close to the subway. So I get home and our new baby, you know, most people have new babies. We, we had one of those, one of the new ones. Not one of the old ones. Didn't come out all wrinkly smoking a cigar. New baby, but he was not old. Three months old at the time, I can't remember. Anyway, he shit a pile of blood and... I will preface the rest of this story by saying he was fine, okay? The blood in his diaper apparently was a regular amount of blood. I think I mentioned it on the podcast before, but it's babies sometimes poo a little blood. And um, the doctors kind of laughed at us. I'm like, yeah, yeah, this seems funny. Yeah, just blood coming from the old anus. Of course we were worried. Anyway, they said we did the right thing by bringing him down. I digress. The point is, so I get home. Sans car. That's without car for those of you who don't know French like I do. I know the history of the French language. Now, I say to uh, my wife, we have no car and uh, our baby's bleeding from the butt. We got a... Now, it wasn't an ambulance type situation. So what I had to do was go back right away and get the car. So I just hopped back on the subway... And and then I get off the subway. Now, the the Toyota is closing at uh, 8 p.m. It is now 7.40 when I get off the subway. And it's a bit of a walk. So, of course, look at me. I mean, I'm a fucking, I'm a dad, all right? I, I look out for my offspring. So I didn't saunter. I didn't just, you know, shimmy over to the Toyota repair center. I fucking booted it. I started running full tilt down to busy Toronto downtown. I didn't give a shit who was looking at me funny. I just running flat out fast as I can, which is slower than most. And um, this is the whole point of this story is that as I was crossing the road at an intersection, so I had to slow just a little bit, right? You can't just go running through an intersection like a maniac. You know, what if a car just turned right and, and you get killed? That's not going to help my son and his bloody ass. So I slow down a little bit, and there's this very pleasant-looking lady wearing a very pleasant uh, non-amount of clothes. She, <laughs> I know I didn't say that great, but she wasn't wearing very much, and she was really easy to look at. And I know this because I looked at her. Now think about that for one second. Now I didn't stop and say, excuse me, judging by what you're wearing, would you have sex with me right now in this alleyway? I, I, didn't, I didn't ask for her phone number. I, you know, I didn't, even, I didn't even stop and take a long look. You know, but I looked and it registered. Registered to the point where I can remember this story. And I'm, and I keep running. Think about that. I am trying to run to get a car to go pick up my son so I could drive him to the emergency room. A baby who's, who's got blood in his diaper. 
What I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, is that you cannot turn it off. Okay? So you know your limitations. I can't fly. I'd like to fly, but I can't fly. There are some things you can't do. You know? So you just have to avoid the situations where you're going to do something that you shouldn't do. That's my advice to the world. Now, listen, who knows? Maybe I'm selling myself short. You know what I mean? Maybe that my next-door neighbor comes by with her sugar thong, and she's like, hey, let's do this right now. No one will ever find out. Here we go. And then, and maybe I'll just go, hey, 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 hey. No. No. Now, science says I won't say no. So I don't want to test science. I'm a, I'm a believer in science, so I'm not going to test it. Who knows? Maybe I'm one of those people with an iron will that can defeat science. It's possible. You know? Could be like one of those conservative people who defeat science by not believing in global warming. But see, that's the thing. See, science is science, motherfuckers. So you can pretend something's not happening. But if it if it's real, if the facts are the facts. I love how in science they, they think theory, that the people who don't believe in science they think theory is well, it's just my theory. You know, I have a theory that the earth is flat. And you have a theory that the earth is round. Both are valid. No. No, they're not. A scientific theory it means it's been tested as many ways as it could possibly be tested. And those tests are repeatable. And the results are the same. They really should change the word theory. It shouldn't be the scientific theory. It should be the scientific for sure this is it. But the thing is, they say it's a theory because who knows, maybe one day it'll be disproven. By, you know, some genius, some some Albert Einstein guy. I'll come by and go, oh, actually, you're wrong about gravity. In fact, we're all walking on the ceiling. You don't you guys didn't know shit. Who knows? Now, I took a little pause there because um, my neighbor, Srini, he came down to the parking garage. He didn't see me. I uh, ducked under the window here. And I know I just talked about how much I like Srini. And he's packing his car up to leave. It's just we said our goodbyes. You know what I mean? We did the whole goodbye thing. And now it's just super awkward. The only thing that could be more awkward than if I go over and like say, Hey, how you doing? Let me try to help you load your car. And uh, say another goodbye. What would be more awkward is if he sees me hiding from him. That, And maybe he has. So the awkward part will come in me finding out that he sees me hiding. But the thing is, I'm going to miss that guy. I'm going to miss Srini. Like the, the big city of Toronto. Big, big city anywhere. It is so noisy here with the construction, you wouldn't fucking believe it. And I, w- I was at my wits end today because we have construction because thanks to Srini leaving now, they're going to do construction on the apartment next to ours. They're doing construction on the parking garage that I'm currently sitting in. And, of course, there's construction everywhere else in Toronto on every street. You can't drive anywhere. I was getting really sick of it. But I got to say, that's that's what comes with a big city. That's what comes with it. I've talked about it before. 
But you know, do you know who I talked to today? All right? My East Indian neighbors, Srini and the rest of the people that I don't know their names, but they're nice. And I like them. Talk to them. Uh, some uh, very fashionable gay man cut my hair today. Uh, Remy, he goes by. I think that's his middle name. I think his first name is Grant. But Remy cut my hair. He's wearing like a like a weird fashion fedora hat. Loved it. And I also talked to uh, my 92-year-old, 93, she just turned 93-year-old Jewish neighbor who thought me and Sarah were Jewish for a very long time. I'm pretty sure that's why she started talking to us. But you know what? To her credit, she found out that we are not Jewish and she still talks to us. So that's that's one for her. And like those were, I didn't move a lot today. One is across the hallway from me. One is my next door neighbor. And then the other one is the guy who cuts my hair, which is a block away. But that is the cosmopolitan. Look at that. You know? That's right there, a big city. I find it very weird when people in a big city are bigoted at all. Like, how are how do you live here? Don't you interact with humans? Because everyone you interact with, like I like where where I grew up, a small town. You know, maybe if you're in 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 a population of forty in Ar- Arkansas. You know, I'm I'm from Newfoundland in Canada, and I only saw white people my whole life. If well, until I moved, I saw nothing but white people. I saw maybe a couple of Chinese people, which are technically white. But, you know, when I say white people, you know what I mean. Those fucking limey bastards that we are. Just just where, where it looks like we have a sunburn in the middle of winter. We just, there's no blood under our skin. Just we, you know, we look like we've been eating potatoes. Our whole lives. And we have. Potatoes are delicious. But that, you know. I was thinking about Grant today, my hairdresser. Well, I was thinking about him because he was cutting my hair. It took a long time. It always takes a long time to cut my hair. It's because I'm so goddamn ugly. You know, the man has to spend a lot of time trying to do it. He's really good at what he does. Um, Also, I have another guy who cuts my hair named Chris, who is a heterosexual. And, uh... That's the thing. I'm not going to say just because Grant is gay, he's a better hair dresser. Do you call them hairdressers? A hair specialist? I'm not going to say he's a better hair specialist than Chris because of the heterosexual. I'm no. Equal opportunity. They're both excellent. It's just Chris is down in Yorkville, and that's a that's just far from me these days. Guys, you know how goddamn lazy I am. But Grant being a homosexual, I was looking at him today, and I was thinking, I'm envious. Envious of the fact of how he gets to dress. He's just fucking a sharp-dressed man. You know, he's got sort of like faux leather pants. I'm assuming they're faux leather because it was 30 degrees plus... The humidity made it seem like it was 900 degrees here. I'm pretty sure nobody wears leather pants out in weather like that. He's got, like, sort of Doc Martin-y boots on, but I'm sure they're... whatever. If, if Doc Martin's not in fashion, I'm sure they're not Doc Martens. I don't know what's in fashion. But that's what they look like, you know? Sort of a military-style boot to go along with that. And then he's got, like, a 
I don't know if it's a cape. It's probably just a sweater that he had wrapped around his waist, but it looked like a cape to me. You know, and he's got like all these dangly chains and he's wearing a big fucking like a, it looked like in between a, a sombrero and a fedora, the urban sombrero, but it was black and it was like a, yeah, it was like a, like a Stetson hat, but, but a little fedora looking, you know, and then he's got a tattoo on his forearm of scissors because he's a hairdresser. And I was thinking that's just fucking, he's got a whole thing going there. It just, like, he doesn't, like, who, there he is. That's who that man is. There's no doubting it. You know, I'd like to look like that. Not, well, you know, not like that. Because that, but I'd like to be that free to go, this is how I want to express myself. And you're saying, Mark, you could be. You could put on a Stetson hat, but no, I can't. Guys, I can't. I'm like Rock Hudson. Who's the gay guy that couldn't come out of the closet? In the in the movies in the sixties, I think it was Rock Hudson, right? He was like a heartthrob, and then the studio wouldn't let him come out of the closet because you know that would ruin the fact that he was a leading man, or so they thought. And I'm wait now, this is this has gone off the rails. I'm not saying that that I'm gay and I'd like to come out of the closet. What I'm saying is, I w- I just would like to be that free. You know what it is? I'd like to be Lenny Kravitz. All right, Lenny Kravitz is, as far as I know, a heterosexual. And he's fucking outlandish. Like, look at that outfit. If he goes to the airport, like, like Grant looked cool. And, you know, to me it looked like I felt that he was saying, this is who I am. I am a confident, proud gay man. These are my flowy garments. You know, it kind of seemed, it was sort of masculine colors and feminine in its uh, flowiness, I guess. I don't know, it just suited him perfect, is what I'm trying to say. It suited him. And I'd like to be out there exploring ways that I could make myself whole. You know, (laughs) do you know what I'm talking, this fucking, this makes no sense. It's just that Lenny Kravitz is another example. Like, Lenny Kravitz, yeah, I'm, how you doing? That's, he looks ridiculous, but at the same time, awesome. And so you know what, Mark, you go ahead, man. This is 2017. You just go right ahead. But it's it's more complicated than that, you know, because I'm I'm not Lenny Kravitz. I'm not getting on stage singing awesome songs and, having a big dick or whatever it is that he does that makes him so cool. You know, you can't just, one of my friends was always doing that when we were in school, you know, he used to, like, he liked the way I dressed. So he would try to emulate me, but we had entirely different body shapes and, um, and entirely different interests. And he just, you know, like I liked heavy metal music and all that. So I would wear some of that. And, and, but he liked Lord of the Rings and opera and yet he would try to dress like me. I'm like, dude, that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. You've got to be you, you know? And don't get me wrong, that was great advice. He said, like, why don't you follow your own advice? I, I'm trying. It's just that it's like Grant has found who he is. And I feel like if you are a young, handsome gay man in Toronto, that, that I feel like that avenue is opened opened up to you. 
the idea of finding, like, just expressing yourself, you know, with your clothing at least. <laughs> they, oh, they've got it so good. The gays. Me as a white, middle-class, heterosexual man. Oh, I've got a tough I do. Oh, these gays, they get everything. I'd like to hear that clip taken out of context in my podcast. Of course, like I said, I know I have the ability to go out there and and put on some kind of weird leopard print, tight-fitting clothes, but... But see, the thing is, I don't want to do that. I just, I want to find what's best for me. Like Don Draper, you know, I also sometimes think, ah, you put on a nice tailored suit, man. You slick your hair back, boom. But see, I'm not Don Draper either. You know, I'm some kind of fucking weird comic who's not a nerd, but not a jock. Not, not cool, but I'm not, you know... The, I'm not the world's most awkward person. I'm in limbo. And so I end up being nothing. That's what it is. Guys, I'm glad we've talked it out. All right? That's what it is. I I don't like the fact that I blend into the background. I'm like fucking taupe. You know? I'm just... I'm just bland. I'm like, a, I'm like taupe wallpaper. I just, he, he's there. He does the job. You know, it's on the walls. The walls aren't dirty. You know, like I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm like beige pants. Just run of the mill. And I don't get me wrong. That's a great place to be. It's a great place to be. You run of the mill in terms of being, you know, white, heterosexual Canadian. I mean, you can't ask for much better than that. You know? But at the same time, at the same time, it'd be nice to stand out a little bit, you know, be be more of an individual, be more of an original. But I'd like to do that in a very safe, non-threatening way. And you can't, that's not how you do things. Like old fucking Grant, old Grant slash Remy, what he knows, he knows that like, he was just visiting Alberta. He and his boyfriend went to um, a wedding in Alberta, and uh, they packed their clothes differently, Grant told me. He said, well, you know, we're going to a small town in Alberta, so I couldn't wear what I normally like to wear. We, you know, brought a little of our more conservative clothes, you know? So you got to do that. I have totally lost my train of thought on this particular subject. Now, yes, I've got it again. Well, what it is is that while I do want to be unique and an individual, at the same time, I know who I am. You know, I'm one of those, I sort of am a blend-in type of guy. You know, maybe, maybe I'm a little funny, maybe. But, you know, I'm not Lenny Kravitz. As much as sometimes I think, let me go get an afro, stick one of those combs in there, give myself a nose ring, I can't do it. It's not, it doesn't suit me, you know? If you like opera and Lord of the Rings, you don't get to wear the Slayer t-shirt. That's just how it goes. And speaking of being a privileged white man, 
I got to pat myself on the back. Ladies and gentlemen, oh my goodness, it has come to light that what I do for a living is, uh, is worth doing. You know, that, I mean, you've heard, you, you guys are longtime listeners of the podcast. What are we, in episode 31 now? Longtime listeners of the podcast. You know that sometimes I struggle with the fluff. It's so much fluff. Like Seinfeld. I was on the show. I don't think Seinfeld is fluff. I, it was, you, you guys know what I'm talking about. But how much fluff stand-up comedy is? It's just like you're not, you're not saving lives. You're not doing anything. But I tell you what. This is a story my wife told me. And it's made me feel pretty good about myself as a comedian. You know, being one of these guys who tells the laugh-em-ups for a living. Her... My wife grew up in the, in, in the uh, west coast of Africa, the Ivory Coast, the Côte d'Ivoire. Now, my wife is half uh, white lady Canadian and half Egyptian. Her mom is from Toronto and is as white as, uh, as me. And her dad is a decently dark-skinned Egyptian. And they made Sarah, who looks that Italian, let's say, I thought when I first met her, maybe she was Spanish or Italian. I, it wasn't either of those. Fucking disappointing. <laughs> no, no, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I just have, I just, that's, that's, it's an olive skin. An olive skin with brown hair. But where she grew up, she was the very, very white girl. Because she grew up in West Africa. And so everybody's black there. And not Barack Obama black. All right? Like fucking Day Diggs Black. And when Sarah, in Sarah's house, her, her parents still live there, they have a worker. She is, uh, I guess, a maid, is the, a housekeeper. And she kind of just keeps the whole house. She's more than a maid. She sort of, she sort of does, she's like a butler, I would say, is the best way to phrase it. I, they, they call them like, like house women or house boys or house girls sometimes. You know, or house men or house ladies. And uh, they just mean they keep the house. So she's like a sort of like an all-purpose, you know, butler. And um, her name is Leedy. And she's great. She's fucking great. Uh, whenever I go to visit, she's just she's so nice to you. She just does so much. She has a work ethic. My God. Like, and then she leaves. And then she said she's setting up her own coffee shop. She's been squirreling away money. And she's going to put up her own... Uh, coffee shop or some shit. Some business. I don't know what. She's got something going. And I don't want to be too nosy. Plus, she speaks French and I don't. So there's a language barrier there. And um, so, Lady, this lady has had so much fucking tragedy. Like, I'm not going to get into it. This is a, this is a, a lighthearted podcast, all right? I don't want to bring you down. But this fucking lady has been through some shit. And she is one of the happiest people you'd ever meet. You know, uh, Srini came back and he got in his car and he drove away and I didn't notice him coming back, which means he probably heard me screaming in the Prius, ranting into a microphone, and then he just drove away. That is his final image of me, his neighbor who he just claimed to really have enjoyed spending time with. Now he's driving away going, fucking, woo, good thing we got out of there. 
before he just took the machine gun to the whole apartment building. Because I look like a psycho now. Oh, Srini. Oh, what a terrible way to leave this. He Now, he said, you know, we have to go out and visit him. And we said, absolutely. And, of course, we're not going to do that. And that is fine. That is just fine. You know, Srini, I'll get back to the leady thing in a second. But Srini, you know, he um, he did the right thing. It's way easier to say goodbye to people when you say, I'll see you really soon. You just come visit. We'll send you a message. They're not going to send us a message. And we're not, we're not going to go. That is how this will work. But we both feel better. Him saying, you should come out. Please do. We will send you a message. And us going, absolutely. We definitely want to come out. It makes us all feel better, but we're not going to do it. And especially not going to do it now. And he saw me screaming my head off. And he probably realized he's been sitting in that car the whole time. I've been loading shit into my car. What an asshole. Sorry, Srini. But back to Leedy. So this chipper woman who's been through fucking shit you can't imagine. You can't imagine the shit she's been through. Real stuff. You know, people say, oh, you know, my problems are just as big as anyone else's. You talk to that fucking lady and then you let me know if your problems are as big as hers. Jesus H. Christ. And still, pleasant as all bloody get out. Such a nice lady. And so Sarah tells me that her mom, Sarah's mother, who is the patron of the house that Leedy works in, she is the owner of the establishment. And Sarah's mom hears Leedy laughing her ass off one day, doing the ironing. And you're thinking, oh, has Leedy lost her marbles? Has she gone bananas? Is she bonkers? Why is she laughing hysterically as she irons? Are the clothes saying funny things? She's been listening on uh, her phone. So everybody, a lot of people don't realize this, but there's been a major change in a lot of Africa in that uh, the Africans can get cell phones. And that this has changed everything for them. And they, they buy you know, data and plans and, and it's a, it's affordable and, um, it's really helping. It's, and I love when things I love help because God knows I love technology. And so, you know, everybody talking about, ah, it's the downfall, commercialism, consumerism, you guys are just assholes. But look, see now these, these Africans, they have a way to communicate. They they use it as a currency. They're always uh, sending money back and forth on the phones to their banks. They're paying their bills. It's like it's a it's their way to have the internet, to have the computer, to learn things, to to pay for things, to organize their lives. Gotta love when technology helps. So she's been listening to her. Let's call it an iPhone. I don't think it's an iPhone, but let's just say she's been she was listening to it uh, and and laughing her ass off. So Sarah's mom. Asked her, what do you what do you listen to? And she said, Oh, comedians. I love listening to comedians when I'm working. It just it makes the day go for, by so fast. And it makes me feel so good. And are you kidding me? Pat on the back for me. Oh my I mean, she's not listening to me. 
God knows she's listening. She's listening to French African comedians. But I'm, you know, those are my coworkers. You know, that is, that, those are my dudes, my bros. You know, we, we're, we're all, we're all, they're probably talking about God knows what. Talking about the, their move, their, their neighbor Srini's moving. Maybe that's what they're talking about. Maybe she's listening to that. But can you believe that? Like, honest to Christ, just when, because I was saying this, what, a couple of podcasts ago? About how I was just thinking about, what the fuck is the point of this shit? Just walking around saying nothing, contributing nothing, doing nothing. And here's this lady who, honest to fucking God, have, couldn't have gone through more. Like, you, you can put her up with anyone. You fucking put her up with, go to a museum and read some stories on a wall about some shit that went down in some wars and then ask Leedy if, you know, if it was any better for her. She will go, no, no, it wasn't. Even though she wouldn't say that. She would say everything's great because she's that type of fucking person. But I know what she's, what's happened to her. And for her to be smiling and laughing and some of that being comedians, I mean... Oh, God. Yeah, no. Guess I just think I'll end it right there because I want to go upstairs and have a beer and congratulate myself for being the type of guy who makes everybody in Africa happy. Because that's me. I single-handedly have lifted the spirits of all the Ivorians. No, but it's nice. It's nice. It's nice to not feel like you're, you know, a piece of shit for once. Like, it's, it's, I'm not constantly down on comedy, but as I'm getting older and I realize what nonsense it is to be running around at clubs and bars and even theaters and telling poo jokes and, you know, and and not really, you know, people are out there fucking doctors without borders and shit and sometimes feeling like I was such a privileged person growing up you know I wasn't my dad is not like that that king of England but you know we were upper middle let's just say middle class middle class white people you know which is extraordinarily privileged so I could have done anything you know given some limitations I'm pretty stupid but I went to university and you know I could have had a profession I could have, I could be helping the world. You know, it's not like it was a, I could be, a, I was a gas station attendant or a comedian. You know, it was like, I, I have a degree. I could have done other things. So sometimes it gets to me. Sometimes I'm sitting there going, really? Really? This is how you spend your life? This is what you decided was good? And then you hear a story like that with Leedy and you go, yeah, yeah, it's not so bad. You know, Lee. You know, there's fucking bankers out there making shit worse for everybody. You know, there's there's people trying to take away the rights of the uh, of the women and gays. You know, not me. I'm telling jokes, making all of Africa love me. And that's it for me. I'll check in with you as soon as I can. I'm going to a cabin for a week, a cottage. You know, I rented that with my friends and my wife and all and all of our friends. Because we're super privileged, you know. We get to do nice things. And I know that and I appreciate that. And that's why I tell my jokes. To give back. Ladies and gentlemen, to give back. You know, I've been given so much by the world. The least I can do 
is spread absolute joy. I'll check in with you as soon as I get back. I'll record a podcast when I'm at my brother's. Uh, We're going to visit them right after the cottage. And, uh, you know, have a nice Canada Day. If you if if you're listening to this before Canada Day, and if you're not in Canada, fuck it, have a nice Canada Day anyway. You know, if you're down in the states, have a nice uh, in the, what you know, America Day. What what do you fucking call that? Fourth of July, that one Independence Day, right? Fourth of July, I know shit. See, maybe yeah, yeah. I think I my only option was comedian. Really, I'm not very learned. This is Mark Bennett. I said shut up and good night.